Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Here we go. (laughs) Oh. I'm just sitting here feeling so grateful for A Course in Miracles, so grateful for these teachings of Jesus, the Master Pastor, and my own willingness to hear what I haven't heard before, to know what I have forgotten, to remember what I've forgotten and to be liberated from attachments, cravings, aversions, addictive compulsive tendencies, and temptations. We're setting ourselves free by joining together, transcending time and space by means of this podcast. Yes, indeed. What a blessing. So let's take a breath, place our hand on our heart, and be so grateful and thankful that we can release all resistance and all reluctance, and we can eliminate them from our experience. We are consciously choosing to be in the free flow of love, of wisdom and clarity, light and harmony. We are grateful and thankful to let our higher Holy Spirit self lead us and guide us and direct us. We're giving up the subterfuge. We're giving up the delays, the resistance and reluctance fall away because spirit is so much more powerful than the ego. In fact, the ego has no power. Only spirit has power. So we're grateful to wake up and smell the spiritual espresso. Remember the truth that sets us free. We're grateful to share the benefits with all brothers and sisters, all beings everywhere, because we are united in the one life, one love, one mind, one heart. So grateful to let the healing be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. So first I'm going to tell you a little bit about my experience. I I prayed to release resistance and reluctance for years, years of constant prayer to let it go because I had so much resistance and reluctance. It was so strong in me. And I'm glad for all of that now because I learned so much that I can use to be truly helpful and share with others who also feel the resistance and the reluctance. One of the things I do in my year-long Masterful Living program is I do one-on-one sessions with everybody who would like to do them. I I do them throughout the year and uh, everybody gets an opportunity to come and join me if they'd like. I consider it an honor and a privilege. It's one of my favorite aspects of the program is that one-on-one time with people. And in that one-on-one time with people, I ask them what are their major issues. One is trust, being able to place their trust and faith in spirit, in their intuition, in inspiration. And another one is resistance and reluctance. And really, it's pretty much the same thing. They're so closely related. So resistance and reluctance can often be that we have the guidance, we're aware, okay, this is spirit's guidance, but we're resistant and reluctant to follow the guidance Or we're just plain resistant and reluctant to uh, deepen our spiritual practice, go into contemplation or meditation or prayer, and instead we do other things. I was talking about this 
in the workshop that I just did last Sunday, Unblock the Flow of Your Time, Energy, and Money. It's talking about how one of the things that people do with their time, energy, and money is they delay. They delay their awakening. They delay their connection with spirit. So it's very, very common. I certainly have done my share of it where we think that, oh, you know, yeah, I had said I was going to do spiritual practice for a half an hour today, do some course reading, do some contemplation, write a forgiveness letter, these kinds of things. But, you know... I could get dinner prepped, I could put in a load of laundry, and I could sweep out that back porch, and I'll feel so much better about myself if I get those things done. It will release my tension for the day, so I'm going to do those things instead. And then the, the idea is that you feel so accomplished. Oh, look at me, I did all these things. But what it does is it just delays our awakening. It delays our happiness. It delays our experience of being prosperous. So prosperity is more than just abundance. So abundance is having more than enough, basically. So having more than enough friends, having more than enough Uh, free time. Abundance is having more than enough money, having more than enough in multiple areas of life. Prosperity is really about feeling that you're moving in a direction of growth and you feel supported. So prosperity includes things like being able to sleep well, and to wake up refreshed and restored. Prosperity includes things like your digestion is working well, your bowels are working well, your breathing is working well. Prosperity is when you feel like your garden is growing and the seeds are flourishing, becoming the vegetables, the fruits, etc. That's a sense of prosperity. Uh, A sense of prosperity comes with waking up and feeling you have vitality and you feel uh, radiant and luminous and things like that. That's prosperity to me. Being able to feel that you're, it, it, your vitality is really good. You're in the flow of goodness in multiple areas. Your relationships are harmonious for the most part. You feel comfortable in your skin. You're not worried. You're not stretched. Uh, You're not agitated. You're peaceful. You're harmonious. You're laughing easily. You've got time to read a book if you'd like to read a book. All of these things to me are considered part of prosperity. And I I feel it's important to recognize all of those things. So... um, in a sense, one of, one of what we're resisting is that experience of prosperity. The resistance and the reluctance to really be in that connection with spirit is resisting prosperity. Now, why would we wish to resist prosperity? Why would we wish to resist it? It's Because in order to really be in that flow of prosperity, we have to absolutely have to let go of trying to control everything. The controlling is grasping, needing, wanting, manipulating. There's no part of that that is being in the flow of prosperity. So generally, the ego-identified person is going to be far more interested in the grasping, needing, wanting, trying to control and manipulate to manage things because the person has a strong idea of what is good and what is not good 
and they are not interested in being partnered up, as I like to say. They're not interested in following inspiration and divine guidance and intuition because it feels too risky. It might lead them to a place they don't want to go. It might lead them to a place where they realize that, oh, I need to let my child follow their own heart and not do what I think they should do. Uh, They might realize, oh, uh, I think it's time to take a break from this marriage. Maybe this marriage is complete and we don't need to continue. And then I wouldn't know who I am if I did that, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to resist and be reluctant to be in tune with the infinite because spirit is going to be guiding me to do things that I am not comfortable doing. So part of releasing the resistance is consciously being willing to say, I'm okay being somewhat uncomfortable. And just seeing an article uh, the other day uh, that Olympic athletes like these skiers and snowboarders and people that take these huge risks with their body jumping off these things and going so fast down the mountain, terrifying to me, that they are fear junkies. They're addicted to that adrenaline rush. and, And it's actually, it's definitely... I didn't read any of the articles. I just saw the headlines. But I know for a fact that physiologically people definitely get addicted and emotionally they get addicted to fear, adrenaline, risk-taking. And, of course, that's ego. That's ego. And uh, not to put it down, it's all exploration. We don't need to put anything down, really. It's just not helpful to judge it. So... Many people would rather manage and cope with the fear uh, that they know rather than confront uh, a situation that that feels uncomfortable where they don't know what's going to happen. So for me, part of my journey of awakening that I'm on has included being able to, in a sense, spiritually leap off the cliff and say, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm not sure what to, to do or what to choose. I am going to see what I intuitively feel I'm being led to, and I'm going to follow that and see where it takes me. I'm going to have trust that it's going to take me somewhere that's good for me to go that development of trust section and a willingness to let things go has been a big part of my journey starting with letting go of my opinions and judgments that I've talked so much about so the resistance and the reluctance is to give up the attachments to how we see life, how we think it should be, thinking that we should live near our children, uh, our grandchildren, but maybe for a time that's not the best, highest and best thing. Uh, I've seen that with people where their children and grandchildren moved far away from them and it devastated them and they were absolutely just grieving and miserable, miserable, miserable. But then, and I could feel that, oh, they're going to move back. They're going to move back. But it doesn't matter that I can feel that, right? The person who's grieving is grieving. So you comfort the person who's grieving. Because I can't change their mind for them. They need to uh, figure that out for themselves. And I can trust that their going through that grieving experience is the highest and best for them because that's what is happening. (laughs) That is what it is. And um, that something really beneficial for the whole family can unfold while the children and grandchildren live far away for a couple of years. And indeed, good things do happen. Relationships get strengthened and opened up. And 
And people realize, oh, we can become closer even though we're further apart. Huh, that can be good. Oh, and then when they move back, oh, they're so much more appreciative of what I have to offer. That's a really nice thing. So there's all kinds of benefits to what is in the script, what is planned. And our job as spiritual students is to allow the highest and best in the script to be recognized, to be seen by us, because that's really what we're resisting. We're resisting the highest and best opportunities in the script that we have written for our life. So Course in Miracles talks about the script is already written. I, I'm i 100% convinced, sure, that the script is written by us, and there are allusions to that throughout the throughout the course. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, I mentioned one where Jesus was talking about um, people who are upset by the illness symptoms or the illnesses saying that, and he said, but you are the one who chose them. And so when did we choose them? To me, we chose them when we were writing the script. These became options in our script. Not a done deal, but options in our script. Um, I know I've had, whether it's true or not, it's just information, um, I've had at times very intuitive people say to me, you know, there's a possibility of illness in your field. You might want to kind of improve your health and vitality or take a look at that when intuitives tell me things i don't i don't take it as this is true or this is gospel or this is what's going to happen because i've had so many intuitives over the year tell me all kinds of things were in my script that have not appeared and so and i've had them tell me things that have appeared so um I I haven't had any major illness, and I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in following my guidance, and I'm interested in the highest and best, and I know that if I were to fall ill for some reason, that that would be the highest and best for me. But it's, it's truly not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in a living spiritual practice of love, And uh, not that people with illness aren't interested in that either. However, illness is a defense against the truth. This is what A Course in Miracles makes very clear. And I have had my own struggles, though not with uh, physical illness, more emotional, mental challenges. And I've talked quite a bit uh, about that, really, really challenged with self-sabotage and self-medication and um, very, very challenging, difficult times for me. And I learned a lot through that. All of that was part of my experience of resistance and reluctance. And I'll be doing my self-sabotage challenge coming up here, I think in the spring. And uh, I look forward to that. It's always a very healing time. It's a bonus for everybody in Masterful Living. So we have a lot of Masterful Living people who listen to the podcast. And by the way, speaking of Masterful Living, I have decided to open reopen registration for uh, enrollment for just one week. So uh, just one week. So if you had thought about it and then you missed it, here you go. This is your opportunity. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, you can book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors. They can answer any questions you have about the program or any of our programs. It's a free call, and you can go to jenniferhadley.com and find out all the details. So resistance and reluctance, uh, by the way, is also one of the main things that we work on in our programs, particularly Masterful Living. So if 
that is something that really is an issue for you, uh, let's, let's take care of it in this year. Let's take care of it in this year. Let's do it together. I, I'm going to share with you from the chapter wholeness and uh, the section. It's chapter one, and the section is number five, wholeness and spirit. And it says here, The miracle is much like the body, in that both are learning aids for facilitating a state in which they become unnecessary. So ultimately, the miracle will be unnecessary, and so will the body. When spirit's original state of direct communication is reached, neither the body nor the miracle serves any purpose. While you believe you are in a body, however, you can choose between loveless and miraculous channels of expression. You can make an empty shell, but you cannot express nothing at all. You can wait, delay, paralyze yourself, or reduce your creativity almost to nothing, but you cannot abolish it. So our creativity is our God ability to create in this world, to create things of beauty and perfection, expressions of love and wisdom, etc. So you can wait, delay, paralyze yourself, or reduce your creativity almost to nothing, but you cannot abolish it. You can destroy your medium of communication, but not your potential. So the medium of communication is your body. You did not create yourself. So important for us to remember. God created us in the spiritual image and likeness of our creator. We did not create ourselves. So we cannot destroy ourselves. In paragraph two, he says, the basic decision of the miracle-minded is not to wait on time any longer than is necessary. Time can waste as well as be wasted. So if we are wasting our time, biding our time, that can waste our Creativity, it can waste our brilliance, our genius. We are here to be truly helpful. That is our purpose in this world. And if we're reluctant and resistant to fulfill our purpose and to wake up, then we're wasting our spiritual potential. We're not degrading it, it's still there. But we're not using it. We're not employing it. He says, the miracle worker, therefore, accepts the time control factor gladly. He recognized that ev- recognizes that every collapse of time brings everyone closer to the ultimate release from time in which the Son and the Father are one. So the time collapse is what the miracle is for. So a miracle is when we think with God's thoughts rather than ego thoughts. That's the miracle. And When we're thinking thoughts that are true, those are God thoughts, we're collapsing time, time that would otherwise be spent in trying to figure out what the truth is. When we're willing to know the truth, live the truth, be the truth, when we're willing to know love, be love, reveal love, then we're collapsing time. We're living a miraculous life, miracle-minded life. This is one of the things that people often tell me from Masterful Living and Finding Freedom is they say, holy moly, I, I... 
never thought I could live a miraculous life, but it's true that we can really learn to do this. And this is what A Course in Miracles is for. And that's why Masterful Living is about living A Course in Miracles. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going to go to a break here in just a minute. And I would like to say that I have my workshop on eliminating resistance and reluctance. Uh, this Sunday, February 13th. And one of the reasons I opened Masterful Living now is as a self-love. So give yourself a Valentine's Day gift this year of self-love by means of Masterful Living, learning to love ourselves and set ourselves free from limiting beliefs and thoughts and pain and suffering that's what I'm interested in that's what we're doing and I'm inviting you to join us this year all the details at jenniferhadley.com eliminating resistance and reluctance Sunday February 13th it's a bonus class if you're in masterful living and so is a huge discount $500 off my stop playing small retreat that's coming up in the spring I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are committed to walk in the talk and live in the love, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. We're back, just like that. Thank you so much for rejoining and talking about recognizing resistance, recognizing resistance. And as I've said, we all have reluctance and resistance to the truth, to love itself. There is nothing else to resist except love and truth. What else is there that's uh, of, of note to resist or be reluctant about? So we're, as, as Jesus calls us, the, we are the reluctant learner very often. In fact, in chapter 5, s- section 3, which is entitled The Guide to Salvation, paragraph 10, Jesus says, The Holy Spirit is the perfect teacher. Holy Spirit uses only what your mind already understands to teach you that you do not understand it. <laughs> you do not understand. That's, the, that, that's one of the themes of A Course in Miracles, that we do not know what anything is for. We're never upset for the reason we think. We're misperceiving because we're projecting. We're interpreting. We're making meaning of things. That and we are we're taking a world that is neutral, that is symbolic, and interpreting it in accordance with our belief system. So we only see what we believe, and that isn't what the truth is. However, we can shift our thinking in accordance with the Holy Spirit. We can put the Holy Spirit in charge of our thinking, in charge of our decisions, in charge of our perceptions, and we will stop the madness. So the teaching about uh, I am responsible for what I see, it's how we interpret things. That's what we're responsible for. We're responsible for the meaning we make of it. Who else could be responsible for our interpretations? And our interpretations determine how we feel about ourselves, about our life, about our experience, about the universe, about God. So this is why it's so important to let the Holy Spirit be that perfect teacher for us, to put the higher Holy Spirit self, as I say, in charge of our decision-making, in charge of our uh, understanding, in charge of our willingness, in charge of our holiness and our wholeness. The Holy Spirit only uses only what your mind already understands to teach you 
that you do not understand it. The Holy Spirit can deal with a reluctant learner without going counter to his mind because part of it is still for God. So the Holy Spirit works in our mind no matter how much resistance and reluctance we have without making us feel bad or wrong or stupid or crazy or insane. Only the ego does that. The Holy Spirit can deal with a reluctant learner without going counter to his mind because part of it is still for God. Part of our mind is still for God. Remember that the whole issue here is the split mind, right? This this section is entitled The Guide to Salvation. And so it's about realizing that wholeness is our true nature, but we experience a lack of wholeness, a lack of completeness, feeling that things are missing from our very being, from our life, from our experience. We don't have enough love. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough health. We don't have enough friends. We don't have enough fun. We don't have enough smarts. We don't have enough talent. We don't have enough resources, on and on and on. The ego thought system is one of lack and limitation. And spirit is infinite prosperity, infinite abundance. So we are recognizing that our mind is still for God. Part of our mind is still for God, even though the, a part of our mind is identified with separate, with ego, with suffering. If we put the Holy Spirit in charge, if we put the perfect teacher in charge, we can have perfect learning without struggle, without suffering. That is the path of joy. And this is what Jesus tells us very clearly. We can learn through pain or we can learn through joy. We are the ones who decide. Trying to control things, trying to manipulate things, that's resistance. That's reluctance. So let's recognize what the resistance and the reluctance is showing up as in our life. So, number one, it is showing up at, well, not number one, but one thing is uh, our experiences of illness and distractions. So, for instance, uh, spending a lot of our life chasing money because we don't have enough money, working three jobs because we don't have enough money, all of that, to me, in my experience, based on my past I can see now that was resistance and reluctance. That when I gave up the resistance and the reluctance, then having enough money no longer became a concern. So as I say again and again, I, I didn't suddenly become wealthy. I am not a wealthy person. I don't have a, a lot of financial resources in the world of form, but I have enough and I don't worry about can I pay my rent? I don't worry about can I buy groceries? Can I pay my phone bill? Can I um, put gas in my car? But I used to. I used to worry about those things. I used to think I don't know how that's going to happen. But I eliminated the causes of resistance and reluctance and one of the benefits was I also eliminated my debt and so I still I do have a student loan that I'm paying off uh, and uh, so <laughs> that's there but I don't worry about paying it off I just whittling it away so, uh, I, and I pay off my credit cards every month. I pay my bills on time. I don't have any late fees. 
and I, I'm able to feel comfortable. So I'm not distracted and worried about money. Think of the things that you're distracted and worried about in the world of form. Those are expressions of resistance and reluctance because they are evidence of lack of trust. So, for instance, uh, I, I haven't had much illness, but you, you, if you're a steady listener to this podcast, I'm sure I talked about in 2015 when I was going through it, uh, I had uh, a, a back injury. It was very painful. And um, I had one moment where... Uh, when I was in the chiropractor's office that the the um, chiropractor's receptionist had me watch a little video about back health, spinal health. And I thought that she was giving me the message that my spine was permanently damaged. And for a moment, I thought, what the what? How did, what? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, But then I went very quickly to whatever it is, it's working together for my good. And I do, I will, I I accept whatever this journey is. And then uh, I, I realized when I saw the chiropractor, no, that was not the case. I did not have a permanent injury. It was just going to it was going to be healed and indeed it has been healed and I've been fine ever since. So, um, resistance and reluctance can show up as worry because it's about trust and faith. Resistance and reluctance are so related to trust and faith. So look in the areas of your life where you feel a sense of lack, And you're struggling, you're juggling to make ends meet or to make something happen like the healing of your body or your emotional body or your mind or your relationship where you're struggling and juggling things. You're trying to work it out. You've put yourself in charge and you're trying to fix it, to figure it out. And there's a sense of lack and limitation. These are the areas where there is resistance and reluctance to spiritual awakening. That instead of investing our precious energy and time in rising above the battlefield of problems, we are trying to manage and cope with those problems, trying to heal the problems in the world instead of at the level of the mind. So because we're working in the world of form, what I call pushing density, instead of working in the invisible, working with spirit at the level of the mind, we are resisting our awakening. This is why in Masterful Living, we work on proving that God works, that we can work at the level of the mind. It's much easier. It's much faster. It's, it's, it's just a whole nother experience. And it moves us in the direction of awakening and out of resistance and reluctance. Many people think that classic resistance is things like, uh, oh, you can't get up off the sofa, you're binge-watching television, or you've got the covers pulled over your head, you're in bed, you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah, of course, these things are resistance and reluctance too, but they're so obvious, right? So uh, to me, I'm interested in finding where am I being resistant and reluctant to my awakening? So for me, in my own experience, uh, other ways that I've been resistant and reluctant is I used to work and work and work and work so much. And I can see now where I was working in the world of form rather than in the visible. Because, again, I mean, then in the invisible, because I didn't feel prosperous, I didn't feel abundant. And so I felt I had to provide for myself. I did not understand that I could 
find the path where spirit would lead me and guide me. And many people who are not deeply spiritual have found that path of of being supported in sharing their gifts and talents. And so they they are not obviously on a spiritual path, but they're cultivating a loving life and they're cultivating uh, harmonious relationships and a, a good relationship with the earth and with humanity. And they are experiencing prosperity and abundance in many of its forms and expressions. Many, many spiritual students are in that resistance and reluctance, and part of it shows up as not having enough money, struggling to pay bills, and just worry about money. It's the evidence of a deep, deep faith in lack, and that is the ego identification. And so struggling with money is a huge distraction, can be, And most people who don't have much money find themselves very distracted by not having enough money. And it's a constant thought for them that, uh, and this was true for me, for sure. I'd go into a restaurant. I'd open the menu. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I really can't afford that. This is what I can afford. I'm going to get this because I don't have very much money. So... It's, it's, and people looking at, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. Wow, look how expensive this is. And it's that, that fixation on these kinds of things can be expressions of our resistance and reluctance. Um, doing a huge amount of research to be able to try and save $10. Well, how much is your time worth? Well, if you think your time is worth not much, maybe you would like to do that if you don't have much money. But it would be far more productive to take that research time and do spiritual practices that are effective to open up the flow of prosperity and abundance. But you see, people don't believe that spiritual practice works. That's one of the common things of spiritual students. They think that studying spirituality is a good thing, spiritual practice not as interesting because the ego's in charge of their spiritual practice. So it's about moving out of that mindset. And it does take a great willingness to move out of that mindset, a great determination to really go the other way. Uh, And uh, as Wayne Dyer said, and I don't know if he said it first or he got it from somewhere else, but he said it's never crowded along the extra mile. Uh, And uh, that is what I have found to be true as well. But, you know, it's still really good company along the extra mile. So I'm interested in going that extra mile for the rest of my life. I'm interested in continuing to open up my mind to see and know and feel and hear clearly what the truth is. So I'm still eliminating resistance and reluctance in my life. It doesn't seem so overt now. It doesn't seem so overt. I I don't often feel that I have wasted my time. And it's interesting because now having my puppy Bodhi, I I spend a lot of time caring for her every day or or being with her. I spend uh, time with her uh, multiple times throughout the day, getting down on the floor and playing with her and petting her. And I take her out for walks multiple times a day. And I let her in and out multiple times a day. I've trained her to ring a bell when she would like to go out. And it doesn't mean she needs to use the the facilities. It, it can mean she just would like to go out and see what's happening in the hood. And uh, so I'm putting her in and out throughout the day multiple times. Of course, food, feeding her, 
and preparing food for her, that kind of thing, cleaning up after her. Uh, she tears something one of her toys apart and it's got fluffy stuff all over the place or threads and things all over the little bits that she finds she can chew that whole thing up you know um just all thinking about her welfare all the time and what she gives me is she lives in the present moment if i say to her just a minute Bodie. She she understands that means very soon, but if I keep delaying, then she will say, hey, it's still not happening. I'd like it to happen now. I can't say to her, we'll do that in a half an hour. It's, she has no concept of time like that. <laughs> so she keeps me in the present moment, and I, I appreciate that. She, every day... We laugh and laugh together. And what's so cute is she actually smiles. She smiles. She, she. I don't know if she's mimicking my smile or she uh, naturally smiles, but she smiles at me for sure. And um, there are. Uh, it, it, t- it takes so much time sometimes to get ready to go out with her. I've got need to have treats because I'm training her. I need to have treats. And my treat pouch and, you know, I've got all this winter gear on now because sometimes it's 10 below. And so I've got to get all this gear on to be able to go out with her and the boots and the hats and the coats and the gloves and the hand warmers and everything that I need to be able to do that. But it keeps me in the present moment. It gets me out in the fresh air and, uh, so I have questions, you know, because I check in on myself all the time. Is this in any way an experience of resistance and reluctance? Because it takes real time from my day. And I get a strong answer every time. No, this this relationship I have with Bodhi is part of my spiritual practice of love and being in the present moment. And there are many times throughout the day when I just look at her or I'm doing something with her, I'm being with her, being present to her. And my heart is so full of love for her. And I know that, like I can feel it right now just talking about it, that I know that is lifting me up to a higher vibration. Of course, anyone who has... A fur family member like Bodhi knows that the great thing about these fur family members is that they are a hundred percent receptive to love, most of them, and so they ignite our expressions of love, our extensions of love and that is deeply healing to us. But again, I check in is any of this that I'm doing resistance and reluctance. What am I resistant to? And cuz I like to watch TV and movies with the best of them. Heck, I have a master's degree in screenwriting. That's the a student loan I'm paying off from USC. So uh, I was a theater major, and it, so I absolutely know that uh, watching television and movies, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me through the stories. There are plenty of stories that other people like. They think, oh, this is so good, it's so great, but it doesn't interest me at all because I don't feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me through the story. And uh, uh, other stories that people think, oh, that's I don't, it's uh, not really that interesting or that dynamic. I can feel spirit, my higher Holy Spirit self, the I am presence, speaking to me through that story. So it's not that anything like watching television is bad. Reading books is not bad. Uh, so many times 
when I've been reading A Course in Miracles, I have burst into tears. I've been so grateful, so excited, on fire with inspiration. But it didn't come from the book. It came from my willingness to hear the truth, to know the truth, to feel the truth, to live the truth. That's why my whole thing is living A Course in Miracles. So understanding and recognizing, and it takes courage and strength to say, oh, okay, because for one person, having a glass of wine every night can be an expression of resistance and reluctance. It leads to two glasses and three glasses. And then it leads to, oh, I'm going to watch TV instead of calling my friend who's in the hospital or whatever it is that they were going to do instead of uh, listening to that thing they were going to listen to or it, it, it's we we have to check in on ourselves because nobody else can do this for us we must learn to do it ourselves and the truth will be revealed in our mind the perfect teacher is available to us 100 percent of the time and we dwell in the mind of god how Extraordinary is that. Let us not forget that. There's nothing to resist but love. And love is what we all would like more of. So, our willingness is all that's required. If you're interested, my Releasing Resistance and Reluctance or Eliminating Resistance and Reluctance workshop is this Sunday February 13th, and if you can't join me live, you can get the replay. Plus, Masterful Living opened for just one week. Just one week. So if you're interested in jumping in and doing this work with me this year, now is the time. Go for it. I'd love to have you join us. and We will uh, welcome you with open arms. So much love we have for you. Oh, thank you so much for joining with me today. I'm very grateful. I'm going to place my hand on my heart and let's take a breath of love and gratitude that we can change our mind. We can go the other way. We're grateful to recognize the Holy Spirit is our perfect teacher now and forever. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing with all. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Mwah.